Okay, I mean, we're here. We got to tell them a little bit about a little secret, Hunter. We got something coming up. We got something to put on the front end of the show to make sure you know about this shit and go this to is, it. This is, this is very important. The second annual. We're making this an annual fucking thing. We're going back yeah. to the fucking Brubecue, everybody's favorite episode. It's their fourth annual, our second annual. Yeah, right? It's easy. We're both even numbers. It's perfect. It lines up oh, like the fucking astronomy <laughs> out there, right? Astrology. I don't fucking know. Astrological units. Because oh, I'm not talking about stars. We're going there. We're going to talk about fucking beer, dude. There's going to be fucking brewery after fucking brewery. Beer, brews, brews. We got a, we got six breweries coming out. It's going to be at Ashford Pub, led by uh, Jason Watley. Oh man! And if you remember him on the show, yeah, cracking me up the whole fucking that guy time. Is super hilarious. That dude has yeah, he's figured it all out. Yeah. Um. So we'll be listening for him. We'll get to interview a couple of brewery police, uh, brewery representatives. Um, and then we'll probably, if, if Squigs is bad out there, we'll have to oh, get Squigs, Squigs on the show. Gotta get Squigs back on the Just show, get a couple man. guys that are, you know, doing the, uh, the, the barbecue aspect and see, take their temperature. That's true. It'll just be us Texas boys. Yeah. It'll just be the Texans out there. Celebrating our, you know, our, yeah. our recent victory. And it, yeah, it's very, oh my God, that's very true. Yeah. If you are a Houstonian right now. Make your way over to Ashford Pub. Yeah. And this Saturday, November 4th, it's going to be fucking Awesome. Awesome. Really. It's right really at uh, Eldridge and Westheimer. So we will see you there. See you soon. It's just a bunch of witty It's just cadows. We're back. Witty banter here. Everybody in their right spots. Everybody yeah. is here. We're back to classic form here. Well, maybe not too classic of the form. The new classic form. Yeah. Which is the three of us. Man, we are all back. At our first, second, and third baseman. We are all here. Yes, of course. Now we just need to hit a home run. Buns. It's <laughs> baseball time right now. It's the last show you'll ever hear us talk about baseball probably today. <laughs> that wasn't a smooth transition. Yeah, it was not me. at all. Of course. But thank you so much, Hunter Dorsett, for uh, making the attempt. Yeah, no problem. Being here with me and, of course, Chase Williams. Looking real nice with a fresh looking haircut. Dapper. You don't think we don't fucking see that fresh haircut? right now <laughs> hey man sometimes you go like six weeks without one and then you get it and next thing you know everyone's like oh yeah you were pretty hot looking weren't you oh man you actually guy. are a handsome <laughs> big, man, big man. Hot, before i thought you were atrocious <laughs> before i thought you were so gross and now you got a haircut and now i really like it uh That's all it takes yeah right honestly and of course as always uh i'm max here as as your host Man. My name is Max, and I, I might be a Ginyu main in the new DBC. That's, uh, so that's you, no you, you guys is heard it, what that, it out? that the release date was announced. Yeah, the release date is January, January 28th. 28th. It is it's months away. That's it is a quarter sick. of a year away, man. Yeah, Dude, not, this are you guys on high alert or what? We are absolutely yes. on high alert. You I was going to say, I'm even on more high alert after this oh, guy yeah, that's got true. me some Budokai Tenkaichi. The happy Three, birthday, so sir. I'm like, man, Find I'm gonna them. start just going after that. <laughs> Playing some gonna, good I mean, it's me. not gonna be transferable in a lot of ways, but it's still. more about the mindset, okay? right? It's, it's the competitive aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Getting those reflexes ready. Yeah, man. Well, oh, I man, tell man. you guys what, I've started playing Guilty Gear again, oh, and boy. I've now I don't just play against my buddy. I go into the QA building where there's a whole lot of Guilty Gear players, and I'm getting tons of matchup experience now. And I'm I'm back on the grind, dude. I'm <laughs> back is, on the horse. This is not Fuck. good. I really need to kick my fucking. Shit like part up. of me is like excited because I want to see like how good 
how good each of us is just from the get go. Like yeah. if there is a large disparity because of things like that, because of, you know, the fact that y'all play these games regularly, the fact that Chase plays Guilty Gear, mm-hmm. or if it's a new canvas. But then I'm also excited because hopefully our team it's just rock solid as fuck, and we just destroy yeah. Yeah. competitors. That's most, the biggest thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing, yeah. is that we are strong, united. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, they also just came out with what the Dragon Balls do now as well. Okay. Well, so like, roughly. You get now, like, a choice. When you collect all seven Dragon Balls, which I don't really know how you do that. Which we don't know how much, to do. But you do get uh, four choices when you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first choice, obvious one that we all thought. You get to revive a teammate if you okay. get a dead one. Second choice. Completely? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe It doesn't say. But it doesn't say, right? It just says revive teammate. The other okay. one, restore your health completely, which whatever character that okay. you're playing, which might be a good idea. Assuming that probably reviving your character is like revived to like 30 or Yeah, I would think it would be like maybe 30 to 50. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's another one that's called, um, it has like the name Spirit Blast or something in there. And like, I don't is know it where what you're means. like super jacked up? We don't know, but there oh. is like some sort of spirit blast. Yeah, I guess I'm asking you like you're playing. Yeah, it. right. Yeah, so when you designed <laughs> it, what did you think? I and thought then, I read that it was just like a like an X factor, just like it powers up your character. Well, there's yeah. Well, there's also one called immortality, right? Which is what I that figured. That's what that one OP. was. Well, see, I would figure immortality just means you can't take damage for a certain amount of time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought that or like maybe like, it's an like, a main, really short. like an insane amount of like super armor or something. Because like, they used to have that in, in Tenkaichi 2 where if you built your meter all the way up to a certain level, it would just drain slowly, but you could do as many blasts or whatever, like small blasts as you want. Oh, yeah, that's true. Remember? And there's that other concept where like your meter would fall combo. down and like if somebody tried to hit you, you always teleported away while the meter was falling down, which yeah. is kind of cool too. So who knows? I mean, we, we still yeah, have to so figure out. We don't know how to collect them. We don't know how to activate them yet. But yeah, and we barely we know, know what, what they, they do. do. But you saw some Ginyu moves. Oh, but Ginyu's looking real cool. All because his Ginyu fighting assists, style seems like it would look cool. It's just it's just you don't play as Captain Ginyu. You play as the Ginyu Force, which is cool. Which is fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> which dope. Dude, this game is gonna be so seeing good. Birder and Jace come in and do the Purple Rain or whatever that where they mix together and start shooting Purple Blasts down. You're like, oh god. So it's 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 shaping up to be very nice. Um, Hopefully this whole podcast ends up to shape up pretty nice. Hopefully this game, the yeah. Astros game, shapes up pretty nice yeah, as well. Man. But also, most importantly, I hope our beer's shaping up pretty nice. That's and true. I just saw what Chase is drinking, and I'm very curious as to what the hell was in that schnifter. <laughs> so I would love for you to uh, maybe elaborate on that, Chase. What are you drinking? You want to go first? Okay, so yeah. last week, as sort of like a joke, I drank a non-beer. And uh, then I kind of realized, like, yes, at a point, like when we first started the show... Beer. Yeah, fuck beer. <laughs> he said, um, you know, we wanted to do other alcohols. And, like, we, I, in my in my house, I have access to some of, like, the very highly treasured spirits. And I basically said to Dan, I was like, I should be drinking these on the show. Like, why not finally start diving into it? And, like, I've always enjoyed scotch. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting much deeper into spirits through Darian's job and in and, and the cocktails as well like i feel like i seek out cocktail bars now as much as i seek out breweries and other stuff so mm-hmm. i'm gonna start opening up some of the spirits here that we have and today i'm drinking a scotch and by the way like the stuff that we have is very nice we're very lucky to have gotten access to some very nice um spirits through darian's job uh, so like what so what i'm drinking right now is a, a scotch it's oban 18 year very cool and, yeah, i like oban uh, oban's delicious 
Yeah, it's a single malt Scott from the Scotland Highlands, as the description reads. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into it, and I'm gonna have tasting notes kind of up, so I can kind of be guided through this because it's gonna be sort of a learning experience. But I want to th- like through this show now. I want to try to just drink more of these and see if I can develop my palate. So we're gonna start here today on this episode. Yeah, okay. I applaud this effort. Yeah, because I, I don't too. know shit, but I would like to through <laughs> osmosis know about some of this stuff. Like if somebody asked me like, "Oh, do you like scotch?" I could be like, "No, but I know this all this shit." Yeah, but I can recycle all this shit my friend told and they're me. They're going to be podcast. like, "It doesn't even matter if you don't like it because that's impressive." That is fucking awesome and you are cool now. You, you should know, uh it, and I'm wondering is the strategy are you going to try and go straight liquors more often or are you going to try and maybe have a, a cocktail every once in a while and mix like, something up? I probably won't make anything. A white Russian on there. But Darian makes cocktails so if like there's nights where she has time to make me one then yeah i'm gonna i was we are also talking about that like yeah if and it's also a good good opportunity for her to practice her cocktail making so that's good oh, i like man, it we should, is, yeah we're expanding our horizons we're freshening we're up the show boys. a little bit we're classing up the joint a little Thanks, bit Chase. man that's awesome <laughs> we're turning this frat house into like an actual adult yeah. house now. It's, great. <laughs> it's like now take down the bob marley fucking flannel posters man that black light poster's gotta go clean up these fucking red solo cups this class is shit up uh, but here, uh, still slumming it We're with the beers. Slumming. Still slumming yeah. it with the beers a little bit. But what are you drinking? Honey? So um, this one is called the Mexican Lager, but not an L A G E R L O G G E R. This is oh. out of this is out of Very ska. I get it. <laughs> ska brewing. You might not know this, but lager is out of it? Durango, Colorado. It has this string of words at the top of the can. Get ready for this. <laughs> some call those sentences. Yeah. Some don't. Listen to this shit. <laughs> Flip flop, recycle, fiesta, siesta, roll, recycle, drift, session, recycle, rise, line, buck. What's not to get about that? What just happened? Yeah. I that was, I feel like I was assaulted. I don't know. And then it just stuff. has a really random thing in the middle. It says lip up, batty. I kind of like their style right now, to be completely honest. This is, uh, this is starting strong. <laughs> So far, uh, the can is impressing me. So yeah, hopefully the it's a nice lime green, but uh, it's it's five point two percent alcohol by volume. I think it's just your straight up Mexican style lager. Looks good. Looking we'll see how good. it goes. Uh, I so I was not available yeah. for the last show, which was technically the last episode of October, the yeah. spookiest month of the, the belated year. spooky beer. Yeah, so this is a belated spooky beer that I was going to bring to that show, but I couldn't due to unforeseen circumstances. And what I'm drinking today is the Kangaroo Killer, which doesn't sound super spooky when I say it, but it's it killer think, in it. Yeah, killing is pretty spooky. Killing's yeah. not usually a delightful experience. Uh, but this is actually a, <laughs> a pale ale from Conroe. Right wow. down the road from Copperhead Brewery, up and coming hmm. right now. 5% clean alcohol content uh, is looking to be pretty cool. Looking to be yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Like if, to, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if kind of a local place that we live by and grew up next to could mm. put out a, you know, some quality beers. Conroe's a, uh, it's an up and coming place now. For yeah. Some, yeah, so okay, cool. Hopefully they deliver and can compete. But we'll just have to figure that out through the rest of the show here. Uh, speaking of the rest of the show, we should probably just go ahead and get right on into that. All right. So this is witty banter. Boing, boing, ping pong. Ping, ping, pong, ping pong. Okay. Chase. Yep. You wanted to bring a little something. He said you just wanted to sprinkle something at the beginning of the show. Uh huh. A little palate cleanser before we get. Yeah. It's the sorbet before the main course. Um, <laughs> I love sorbet. <laughs> it's delicious. Sometimes sorbet is my favorite part. 
Have you heard of a director named Nicholas Winding Refn? Who is this guy? What has he ever it sounds, directed Because the winding, it, yeah. it does sound familiar. Has he, yeah, has he directed anything that We've I like? We've talked about him on the show at one point. Director of Drive and Only God Forgives, and most recently, The Neon Demon, which I haven't seen, Max. Have I haven't seen, seen it? it either, but I have it in my queue on Amazon Neon to watch. Demon. Hmm. Well, he recently gave some details about the plot of his next movie, and it was not what I expected, so I'm going to read it here and just want to get your guys' quick take. Okay. It is entitled The Avenging Silence, and all we've known until now was that it is a contemporary take on the spy and action genres, and that it was being written based off an idea of the directors by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. And so, essentially, we have a movie that he's going to do that's going to be in the thriller espionage genre. What do you think about that? That's not like, I'm not taken too far aback by that. Cause like, sure. His movies are very stylized, but you could easily adjust that style onto most different genres of movies because they range from like what Valhalla rising. He did Valhalla rising, right? Yep. Yeah. It ranged from like Valhalla rising to drive and like, yeah, you'd say like drive and only God forgives are definitely in the same wheelhouse for sure. But between those two versus like Valhalla Rising, I can't, I mean, there's such a big disparity in the genre, right? Like him saying that he's going to do this like (laughs) warrior film about like a fucking group of indescript tribesmen, almost (laughs) Vikings, right? And how they're like, and they're going to say anything. Then his next movie is about this like, you know, stunt driver who does that, you know, so. I like I'm I'm pretty open to the idea. So and so here's here's a here's the plot uh, synopsis. A former European spy accepts a confidential mission from a Japanese businessman exiled to France to take down the head of the most treacherous yakuza boss in Japan. Yeah, I'm fucking sold on that. That sounds fucking that sounds, awesome. I mean, I don't even know anything about either of the movies that y'all said because I haven't watched Valhalla Rising. You should. I've only watched parts it's awesome. of Drive. <laughs> Very great. I've yeah. seen the some of the. For lack of a better word, the style and aesthetic that mm. like it's easy to seems sort of yeah. seems sort of uh, tangible between the two, which hearing that plot seems totally doable. You know, mm. it sounds like he could be right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I think that'd be yes. Fucking sick, I'll so. give one last bit of detail of the plot. It says a spy was one of the leading spies in Europe, and an injury inflicted to his vocal cords during a failed mission six years ago left him mute, forcing him to leave his perset- pr- profession. And now, six years later, he is sought out and put on a confidential assignment by a former yakuza and a now retired businessman exiled in France. So. It just sounds interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that he's working with um, on the film have experience with all four of the Daniel Craig Bond films. And uh, espionage thrillers are like some of my favorite movies. And having hit, uh, this director yeah. on it and with this plot going, like it just sounds fucking great, man. Spy I'm, I'm excited. Spy movies are pretty fucking cool. Spy they're, movies yeah, are they're yeah, dope. They're a cool genre when done correctly, yeah. for sure. Not so, like, uh, dude, what was the second James Bond that we hated so much? Dude, Quantum I was Assault. about to Quantum say, Assault. of those four James Bond movies, two are good. Yeah. <laughs> the other two Skyfall's fine. Skyfall's great. I'm I mean, talking uh, about um, Spectre. Spectre. Spectre's fine. It's, Spectre's it's not, not. I wouldn't call it bad. I mean, it's just not good. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess decent might be the right route to go. But yeah, that's cool news. I can't wait to uh, see that unfold. Hopefully. Nice. I also okay. just uh, to update you guys, I watched Blade Runner, and oh, I was yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was talking about this. Me and Mandy went and saw it, and I think y'all overplayed the boobs thing. We yeah. We uh, uh, we think you overplayed the boobs thing. There were not that many boobs in that movie. <laughs> well, we didn't overplay it. 
we were talking about how there was a perception. There was a perception of people that were overplaying it. Okay. Because y'all were kind of like, I don't know what purpose it served and stuff. And I was like, well, I saw like maybe two sets of boobs and one wasn't mm-hmm. even sexualized. So I don't know. But I just think overall, when it came to sexuality in the movie, it was only sexualizing women. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. You don't but think yeah, Ryan no, Gosling was hot in that It movie? was good. It was one of those ones where, you know, you walk out of the movie and you're already thinking about, like, was it, who was uh, Harrison Ford a replicant? Was, um, you know, is Ryan Gosling really a replicant? Is he not really a replicant? So uh, I was, I was like looking into it. We were talking and going back and forth and kind of figuring stuff out. And I think that's kind of a mark of a good movie is when you start thinking about it, like almost immediately afterward and, I wasn't like sucked in. It wasn't like it didn't blow me away, but it was it was a really good movie. And I think y'all are right to talk about that. You know, they did a good job in world building and stuff. It was pretty interesting. Mm. I'm glad that you Dope, modestly man. liked also, it. Also, like when we were talking about the Ryan Gosling movies, like our favorites, I totally forgot. Like I watched we La forgot La, 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 La Land. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Shit. We that needs to God be in the top the top three. Yeah, he's La also La Land in, is absolutely in there. I mean, yeah. he's also in Remember the Titans. Oh, that's very true. Fact. Yeah, what was the. Uh, <laughs> Sunshine? Dancing the country music yeah. and saying, "Well, he was the he how do you not like this?" Yeah, he was the guy. Yeah, something right. like that. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. "Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to yeah. you?" Which I but agree with the other guy. There's for some sure. other golden ones there. Yeah, Ryan Gosling in that film. That's right. Yeah, Ryan, <laughs> it's weird because I've seen Remember the Titans at least 15 times thanks right. to every year in school. Yeah. We had to watch it at some point. Right? It was like so, the teachers had forget? the day off, and it's like, I guess we're watching. Yeah, Remember shit, the I have a sub today. Let's tell him to watch Remember the Titans. <laughs> Like you're teaching math. It's like, yeah, it teaches you great lessons. Six points. Mm-hmm. Football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I am bringing a little bit of a news story. I texted Chase while I was at work one day. I have uh, my hand in, you know, some speculative stock trading here and there. Mm-hmm. And I texted Chase and I was like, dude, Sony's stock just, stock just jumped up like 14% in, from yesterday to today. Yeah. And he was like, do you know why? And I was like, well, you know, it just seems like there are tech companies, I guess, that are doing well. But otherwise, like, there's not really any definitive reason that I've seen. And it actually took me a while to track down anything as far as, like, why. Everyone was just, like, explaining things around why all these jumps and stuff were happening. But I found some stuff. Yeah. And so I'm going to try and make a broader discussion here, not just talk at you guys about this. Of course. So... First uh, thing I saw, this is just kind of background or, or to get you where I'm at. Zax.com reads, uh, there are five technology stocks, Amazon, Microsoft, Google Parent Alphabet, Apple, and Facebook. And they accounted for more than half of the gains uh, in the S&P 500 index during October. So like of 500 companies, these five companies, like, it, was like a big, it was a big, yeah, it was a big like 7% month like everyone did really well and these five companies really just blew it out of the water they held they were the ones that basically made that happen there's another um, article i read from cnbc saying facebook was up 15.5 percent amazon was up 12.5 percent apple up 8.2 percent google 6.1 and microsoft six and that doesn't even include sony sony went up 14 percent on that day as well um intel went up as well and yeah, I was like disappointed because they didn't really say anything about like why, but um, Bloomberg actually shed some light. So it says shares in Amazon, Microsoft, and Al- Alphabet, as well as the others, 
hit records Friday after the technology giants reported earnings that showed strong revenue and profit, profit growth for another quarter as the internet pulls in more shoppers, advertisers, and businesses. All three companies beat analyst estimates in the September quarter. Um, consumers and corporations are moving more of their day-to-day functions in business online from groceries to workplace software, data storage, and applications hosting. Um, they go on to say stuff like, in particular, we know Google and is innovating with all kinds of crazy crap. We, I think I saw something about how Facebook's Oculus VR is kind of getting a little bit of traction. It's maturing a little bit. It's not so like yeah. in between. Yeah, it's not like great, but I think it's getting a little bit of something. It's getting better. Yeah. Um, Amazon obviously has fucking all sorts of shit going on. So Amazon's busy right now. Seriously. So... I was just going to talk to you guys about one. Um, it just seems crazy how much it's even till now that we're really starting to see some things where um, the internet is really just digging its claws into everything mm-hmm. in our lives. And then two, I was also going to comment and see what you guys thought about maybe the, I'll, I'll put a little inception in and see if you reject it or accept it <laughs> that, um, you have these giant fucking mega tech companies that have their hands in everything and that basically are like these, go- like when I think about shopping online, I think about Amazon. When I think about looking something up, I think of Google. When I think about connecting with somebody, I think of Facebook. And they're kind of monopolizing these aspects of our lives and like whether or not we're okay with that. Whether or not we're like, okay, well, like, you know, they're kind of providing the service that we're looking for and we're okay with that or if it's like you know it'd be better if we had a more of a either a localization or more variability more competition mm-hmm. i was just going to see what your guys thoughts were on this i when you take each like let's take your example right mm-hmm. when it comes to facebook i don't think that facebook has monopolized the situation because there's a lot of forms of social media that have grown out of what facebook started that have all taken these sort of like representative parts in just modern culture now, mm-hmm. like you think of Instagram, Facebook, which is owned by Twitter. Facebook. Oh, is it? <laughs> Instagram's well, owned by Facebook. Whoopsie. Uh, okay, then let's say Twitter. Twitter and, and Snapchat say, are different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. So then they're kind of in their own realms. And there's still things that people like will treat and prefer over Facebook. Yeah. A lot Reddit, of times, right? And, Reddit, yeah, and things like that, right? Shit. So that one, and then you look at um, let's take Amazon. Amazon, a huge company, and not to downplay them at all, but at the same time, like. Yeah, if I want to order something off Amazon, like the generic thing, I probably just go to Amazon. But I also like if I need like clothes or shoes, Mm -hmm. I will go to others like Zappos or something more specific. Mm -hmm. Right. But then when you do take fucking Google, Google has like monopolized the idea of finding something on the Internet, which is the largest form of information in the world. They have become the Internet. Yeah. And there's just like I can't see any way that you would like, well, let's make it more competitive so people can compete with Google. Like how? (laughs) Okay, you're going to take Bing here, which is like Bing is probably your closest second. Bing is like the laughing stock of the world. Whenever Bing like, I you know, I have a few computers. It's the laughing stock of the world. Dude. For real. Yeah. Fuck. Chuckling right now. They're Googling why does Bing suck so bad. Um, That'd be great for a Google gang. That'd be excellent for the next Google gang that'll absolutely be in there. Why does Bing blank? Um, But yeah, I I just, I mean, I think you're totally right. I don't think it's as big of an issue with some of these other things. I think that Amazon has kind of found its place 
I mean, it's definitely like, I mean, I go to Amazon for just about everything, but there are a few things that I don't go there for. There's legitimate, like, people worrying about whether or not Amazon is going to literally overtake retail. Like, will retailers exist in 10 years? Because it's like, it's becoming an ever-diminishing thing smaller category of things that you can't get on Amazon. Yeah, they talk they talk about the showroom effect where people will go to places like Best Buy, furniture stores, or just any store that you can really think of and like look at products, try products on, uh, demo products, then leave and go buy them on Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Hunter, uh, or at least to your question at the beginning about whether or not we're kind of okay with it, I have, so, okay, here's an example. I interviewed the owner of a record store when I was in college and I said, uh, the, the record store before them went out of business. And I said, like, what are you guys going to do to make sure that doesn't happen to you guys? And he literally said, like, we put all of our records on sale under the Amazon price. Yep. That way people will come in and they will know that they can get it cheaper here. And the fact that, like, to me, that isn't a direct example of competition, like, making things better for the consumer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that always shakes out in the case. It's only one anecdote. Yep. But... You see that a lot, though. Like they set the market price. Yeah, matching internet prices is a is a common concept. Yeah, Yeah. no, for real. But they're they're able to go so low because they can distribute the cost of what Mm. they serve like so wide. You know, like they are making all their money off of their Prime memberships, and yeah, they might. They might like you can pre-order video games if you have Amazon Prime and get like a fifteen dollar discount, and they just do that because they want you on Prime, right? And they're making they're making up the cost in other places, and and specialized stores can't really do that, um, and so it it may not be fair, but it's also a benefit. So I don't really know how to how to go. Like, yes, it's better on Amazon, but I don't know if that's a bad thing, and. You know, and, and to Max, like what you're saying, yes, I will search for specialty stuff on other websites uh, just because I find it easier to do so. But mm-hmm. it's always, in my opinion, usually just objectively a worse experience in the fact that I'm going to have to wait longer for shipping. I'm probably going to have to pay True. for that shipping. And it's more of a hassle of things that need to be returned and so on and so forth. So I'm I'm OK with it right now just because I see no drawback in it. The drawback, it will become when like they start showing me examples of how they're like abusing the power that they do have, you know? Right. Well, I mean, a lot of people are really wondering if they're too big again, like the, the thing with Amazon's kind of small because the, the fact that they showed, they bought whole foods, um, and they're clearly getting in all sorts of different ventures. Um, people are kind of wondering again, like, who are going to be the retailers that are actually going to be able to stand up to Amazon in the long run? Walmart is the only like foreseeable competitor in that space, but even other stuff like, um, so it got straight up, I think, uh, outed that Russia used ads in Google and Facebook to be able to manipulate, whether it be directly or indirectly people's, what people were viewing, um, for this last election, right? And so it's like, well, they didn't do anything with, that seems illegal, but it seems crazy that you have these companies that are so big um, that that are so integral and so like second nature to us to, to access, to Google something, to Facebook something, that you could get very influenced by the content that's on it to where you're making decisions like who's going to be our president or, you know, like just these yeah. these crazy things that are 
really important. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting because even just today, there were it was like the head of Twitter, the head of Google, and a couple other tech companies were um, testifying in front of Congress about what you're talking about ex- exactly. And when I was thinking about what they were just saying about uh, how Russia was able to use the systems already in place yep. to do these targeted campaigns, you kind of step take a step back and you're like, yeah. They make it really easy for you to serve very specific ads, but they've also kind of built up a network for people to use maliciously if they want. Yeah. And I'm really happy that they are in Congress and they are testifying and that Congress is looking at the structure right now. And if, if some sort of if regulations need to be passed, that they will hopefully be passed um, intelligently. And and I'm, I'm excited that that process is starting because. When you see Walmart and the idea of Walmart being too big in the sense that they can open a Walmart anywhere and, and it put shuts like, down business everywhere. And it, yeah. yeah, and it shuts down the city. I understand how that's a, an obvious negative. And I haven't seen yet whatever the allegory or the analog is with like Amazon, but that doesn't mean we won't get there, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, would you not consider the fact that like a lot of brick and mortars being a little bit more like tougher to come by given the fact that Amazon has maybe provided services and things that they were not able to come up with? I mean, and they're developing their own brick and mortar. I mean, shit. Uh, yeah. They seem to be working backwards yeah. <laughs> just to destroy themselves for fun. Um, Cause why not? <laughs> yeah. Why, we're Amazon. Fuck you. We got the earnings. Um, yeah, exactly. Watch this. Yeah. We build. Shit yeah, on you and fine. ourselves. Um, but yeah, cause I think that it's, while it may be not as like direct as like, whoops, we got a Walmart and now like these two places that were down the street can't, you know, don't have business anymore. Mm-hmm. The idea that like so many, you know, businesses that were booming when we were children, yeah. you know, I don't know if like Radio Shack was directly affected by Amazon, but the idea that like, it's, you know, like what purpose does they serve now? Radio given Shack that was directly the, affected by their shitty staff. Yeah, that's You've true. Fucking been in there and talked about yeah, maybe it. Was, yeah, exactly. Well, they were the weakest. <laughs> no, link, but I get right? what you're saying. They I were the weakest saying. link, right? So they fell first, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not going to crawl up. And that, like, in a few years, I mean, Best Buy has already like made statements saying that they've like struggled, given yeah. like the holiday seasons are not nearly as you know. No. Uh, like awesome as they used to be. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it is definitely affecting these places. And when well, should I, we feel sorry for them? Exactly. Like, feel, like, do I care? Well, should we feel sorry for is? them? And should we purposefully not use these big companies to, well, to, I, to give them that much more power, right? Like we, if we don't want that to happen, you could use other avenues, right? You could support different ways of getting I could, your yeah. shopping but, stuff. But why? Just to keep a Best Buy alive? Like, what What? What do we have? It why do we be to care keep Best, Best Buy, Buy alive? alive to say, I want something other than Amazon available. If you don't believe that Amazon should completely own the marketplace, I guess. But, I, I mean, that, that would be a very small way of conscious consumerism, you know, but... It's again. It's like it's not super clear. It's not direct how that if you should do that or if that's something we should, you know. I mean, Max, when you're saying when you're talking about brick and mortar is being affected now, that only bothers me. I like. I don't think boutique sort of uh, consumer fronts are going to really go away in the sense of like handmade items or just items that aren't made aren't mass produced that like can't be sold on Amazon because there's only like 15 of them or whatever you know That's like true. I'm still going to be able to I, I feel like I'm still going to be able to go to record stores I'm still going to be able to go to thrift shops or even like uh, places that sell figures 
and things like that just because they aren't made in such a mass quantity that they aren't it's not viable for Amazon to sell them um, but if we're still able to get what we want easier from Amazon and the effect of that is the brick and mortar shuts down maybe there's like a sense of nostalgia that makes us think we don't want that to happen but I guess my question would just be why like why wouldn't like yeah. why do we care you know? well there's definitely no like well, I mean maybe no charm depending on who you are to a Best Buy but like mm-hmm. there's not a charm of being like walking into a Best Buy and looking around at this huge corporation and thinking like I need these to stay alive as there would be of being in like Austin or in Houston and coming to all the, you know because there's still like record stores and like boutique toy stores and stuff like that are still run rampant here. I mean, they're everywhere still. Um, And I guess it's really not even those that I'm like too afraid, like you said, of being that affected. So if anything, they're actually able to use Amazon to sell their goods. Like it, a lot of the times the stuff you buy from Amazon, all they're doing is actually taking the middleman cost out of getting that shit to you. And they are saying, we're going to, we're going to order this thing from this store that you want and we're going to get it to you. And, and that's yeah, the service we're providing. Yeah, they're yeah. just uh, almost like a FedEx or something. So um, maybe that's, yeah. And it, that, might be, that might be really fucking cool. And, and I, I think it was fine. I guess like, uh, you know, the last thing I would just speculate about is how crazy it is that these companies are getting so much of our data, so much of our attention. And again, they're secondhand nature. Like, I don't even have to think twice before. Like, I'm on my phone, I go here, and then I check my Facebook, and then I do this thing, you know. Um, and how political that's becoming. I I think governments are starting to really look like, so Google is, there's a very good possibility that in Europe that Google is going to have to pay a lot of money because of the data that they do store. Um, Facebook is... Europe fucking hates Google. Yeah. um, Facebook, like you were saying, is under testimony. Um, Apple had to be going up against uh, the federal court in order to say like, Oh, can't remember when we did our news story on that? Can't, should we release the phone, uh, rest um, the code the to this door. phone, the back door or whatever? Um, so it's crazy how political it's becoming, and it's almost like I'm wondering if there's like becoming this shift where the social capital doesn't rest with the government anymore. Like the social capital rests with companies and these major sort of institutions that we go to for so much of our life. You know, if that's, that's fine with me, you're okay with that. I mean, I'm. I don't. I'm not like. I'm. I'm definitely not pro-government, but I, I'm just. You know, suspect. I think. Thought. Right. Like I. Th- I think it just goes back to what I kind of said earlier that I'm happy that the government is looking at their practices and they are trying to evaluate, and hopefully in a way that's common sense. Like when you when you when you read a headline about what the government's doing, I feel like you're automatically you're gonna have some sort of stink. But if you yeah. watch on uh, like C-SPAN these hearings. They're people who are talking, right? Right. And there's people on the panels um, that disagree with each other even, and they ask different questions of the, the, the people they're questioning. And I think it's a very good thing uh, that's happening. It's a good process. And so I'm happy that that is being looked into. And I, and I hope questions get asked about how, much, about how they store data and shit because that is the stuff I hate about these big corporations is how they're essentially able to like, dude – if, if if algorithmic learning got to the got extremely sophisticated, what's like they could probably create a perfectly predictive model of who we are, and that's fucking terrifying, you know. Yep. But um, I, I guess my last point to end on is actually shit. Come back to me. I literally just blinked on it after that train of thought. But <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I just okay. saw I just saw an article. There was an AI that literally created fake people using an algorithm on like 
photoshopping pictures and like so there's all these profiles and, and social media profiles that aren't real but that were created by an AI through mm. a project. I remembered. Okay. Yeah. The last thing I will say is another reason why I do tend to lean towards some of some of these bigger and more prolific companies is because I trust their security a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think given their stature, um, one, the in, in the most self-interested way, the PR nightmare that would happen from this if they got hacked, and two, the responsibility that I know that they feel for having this much data, they and the money that they have to invest in security, I feel like they're usually the ones that actually do have the more the most secure, um, like. Um, infrastructure yeah. and when you when you talk about branching out to smaller websites or whatever i usually get more hesitant about giving places like that my credit card because i don't know how good their security is and stuff like <laughs> that so that is another aspect of it yeah that's but, true but at the same time while their security is better it makes them more of a prime target and to say that like they are like unhackable or like that nothing can happen is definitely not true given the idea that like what was it creditcardreport.com Equifax. or whatever yeah, one something like that just got fucking hacked, and that Dude, was literally like everybody's. It was everybody's social security number. Yeah, like literally everybody's most private, important information. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you hack my PlayStation, that sucks. You have my credit card, and you know what kind of weird games I like. But <laughs> other than that, you know, like. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, you're right. Like I'm the same way too. If I like, even if I like order food from like a really small site, I'm like shit. <laughs> I'm going to put my credit card information on this bad boy. I kind of wish I had cash to pay the student Mm -hmm. in person. um, Cool. Well, thanks for entertaining my my questioning here. We're always here to entertain your questions, your future boners, anything like that for you. Yeah, I got a couple up the pipeline. You better get ready. He's got a couple future boners right in those pipelines. Oh, boy. Can't wait for that. (laughs) I will get ready for that. Coming uh, up you know what? Let's just go ahead. And <laughs> let's, right let's actually go ahead. And let's just switch on over. Uh, let's take a break here for a second. Let's think about what we've said, what we've done, and let's uh, come on back and review these beers. <laughs> if you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. So. Welcome back to the Okay, welcome back to uh, the Witty bon- Banter <laughs> The Witty Bunk Show. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Just talking about the fluidity of the performance of the show so far. You 100% um, jinxed yourself. Yeah, I 100% did. So let's just go ahead and skip all the antics. Let's talk about what we think about our beers and or scotches so far. Chase, give me, like, enlighten me. Give us our bit. first scotch review, dude. Yeah, give me a scotch, a scotch view right now. All right. So, a scotch view. Here's what's cool about scotch is, at least the scotch that I'm drinking, and most of them, they're aged for a very long time, right? It's very cool. Yeah. So it's 18 is pretty old. good, right? It's definitely up there. Like, basically, as far as I know, is is like fourteen is usually going to be your entry level. Like, if you're at a bar and you see a list and you see a four, what ten, Darian? Ten is going to be the twelve. I've seen those. Yeah, so like ten and twelve are going to be like the cheapest, and then like fourteen to sixteen is going to be another tier, and then like eighteen to twenty is your next. And when you get as high as like twenty five, then you're really spending a lot of money. Yep. So, with that age comes depth and complexity and that's what's going to be interesting about tasting these scotches in the coming weeks is 
trying to really suss all those out because it's not going to be like a beer where some of them are complex and some of them are simple. Um, most of these are going to be, some will be simpler than others, but most of them are going to have depth to them. And this one is no, is, 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 is no different. So when I taste it, immediately it's very warm on the tongue and that dissipates into uh, something that's very bright and kind of sweet almost and has like a orange rind, like citrusy to it, or even like hmm. a, like an apple. And there, and then as it starts to finish, there's more of like a caramel or like a honey, like, like drizzled honey kind of taste to it. Mm. Um, and then overall, there is also at times, it, um, been almost like a little bit of like a brine. Like you can almost taste like some sea, like seawater in it because it is from, um, Scotland and it's, it's, it's aged near the coast, uh, and it's peated, which means it's got like a little bit of like smokiness to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've picked up so far, what's all going on and basically every sip. Um, but when you just kind of drink it on a sip by sip basis, it's like very warm to like a, a very sharp sort of citrus. And then it really mellows out with that like caramel sweet honey flavor. And it's, it's fucking great, man. It sounds pretty sexy. That sounds delicious. Um, yeah, you sold me. Are <laughs> scotch is scotch typically forty um, percent? Is this one forty five percent? What's this one on? It's usually pretty. It's it's not as high as like like a jet fuel vodka, but it's not a, it's not oh, like a, a liqueur. Level. Yeah. It's yeah. Darian says it's like 90, 90 proof. Never mind. We, got we don't know. We'll checker. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, interesting. Well, that sounds good. I'm I'm digging the first, the first. That's a good scotch. review. That's a strong start to the. It was the well new, done. Well, you guys yeah. thought I didn't have it in me. Yeah, we <laughs> all were just waiting for you to crash and burn, but you proved us wrong. <laughs> the Mexican lager is good. It's decent. <laughs> all right, so my beer, no shook. <laughs> it's decent. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have a lot to say. You could yeah. probably take it from me there. I mean, um, I think it's you know. It, it's. I always have trouble reviewing loggers. Just to be straight up, the shallower down you get into, like the realm, you have of more beer. to work with when it's more complex yeah, and you course. have these more robust tastes. But loggers are purposefully withheld, and I think it's harder for me to resolve differences between them. True. Um, then, I, then I feel like it comes more about the experience of drinking it. With that being and, said, it's it doesn't stand out as like an incredible lager. I've had other lagers that I really liked. This one's not bad, but I wouldn't like just particularly say, Oh God, this is amazing. So mm. I might, you might have to come back to me at the end of the show. I haven't really spent a whole lot of time actually really sifting through this one. I'll give it a quaff, give it a sniff, <laughs> give it a couple more goes, and then I'll give it a good, you know, end of the sewed review. Yeah. Smart, smart, you know? Um, so my beer, the kangaroo killer from Conroe, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't killer? have, didn't have super high expectations for it. You know? Is it because it's from Conroe? I That's think exactly. it's because <laughs> it's from Conroe, right? Smart man. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of expect- expectations from Conroe in general. Um, but, you know, like there are, there are breweries are really popping up and B-52 is out there and, you know, they're, they're doing things. Um, but this beer, I just, I knew when I got it that it was going to be a little bit more of like this sort of amateur-esque style and feel. But that being said, with beers... Am I really not an amateur beer drinker? Yeah. So would that not be the perfect fit for somebody like me? Yeah. And as I drank it, when I first drank it, I thought that it was it was 
it had like this weird bitterness that I thought was off-putting for a pale ale and that it would be, you know, that that was something that was like a mistake or like wasn't done well. But as I drink it more and I'm on my second one now, hmm. I realize I'm really starting to appreciate that flavor a lot. And there's wow. not a bunch of like notes in it. There's no like citrusy or like anything that specific. But just in general, there's like a little bit of a hoppy nature to it, a bitterness that is delightful because it still feels light and it still feels bright. Keeps you on your toes. But it still, it still keeps me paced yeah. while I drink the beer. And that comes to experience. Keeps I'm you honest. Paced. Yeah, keeps me honest, man. <laughs> keeps me honest with this beer. And uh, so far, I'm actually really digging it. Actually, the, uh, sounds a lot better than maybe you were expecting. I absolutely. Beat Good. my expectations, which there means there's nowhere to go but up so far. But we'll come back to it. There's always room to fail. <laughs> That's my motto <laughs> going through life. <laughs> Uh, but again, <laughs> enough of these. Fuck. Yeah. Wow, Max. Look, the Astros I'm are still just, playing. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where's the nearest <laughs> wood to knock on now? Uh, but enough about beers. Let's talk about that other thing that we love so much. Video games. Video games. Let's, like do video a, games. let's do a segment called... Chase Plays Games. Chase Plays Games. I want to check in with you guys for just a moment on what we've been playing. Uh, I couldn't remember exactly where we left off, but I have a pretty good idea. So I'm going to start going down the list. Right on. And uh, I'm going to start with Next Machina. I don't think we had any actual conversation about Next Machina on this show. But that was a twin stick shooter from Housemark, an arcade like experience that uh, I got. I went pretty ham with. I got the platinum trophy in it. Yeah. Oh, I, no shit. It was not. I remember when you described the game to me. I don't know why I had this weird expectation. Maybe because it like was around at a time when the movie of the similar name was a Ex like around X Machina yeah. was around <laughs> yeah. that I was like, this must be some like mass effect style game. You know what I mean? <laughs> that ends up. It's like the most arcadey shit I've fucking seen in a very long time when I saw chase playing it. And, uh, I remember watching you just on Twitch and being pretty enamored by just the aesthetics of the game brought me back to days of like, you know, geometry wars and things like that. That's sort of like what that wasn't like tantalizing. Like I knew it was surface level. What was getting me in? Mm. Like I knew it was the aesthetics, <laughs> but I was totally okay with that. Oh yeah. And it was Why very, not? it was cool to watch. So yeah. And it really hits that flow channel perfectly where it's serving you the exact amount of challenge that you can handle at an ever increasing fashion. Nice. And what I loved is like when you first start playing the game, you're really most concerned about just staying alive and sort of reacting but you're playing the same levels over and over and over again. I probably went through each of them like a hundred times and you just constantly internalize everything that happens in that level, like every enemy spawn, where all the power-ups are. And so the way you play the game uh, at the beginning versus like 15 hours in, you just look like this surgical like fortune teller <laughs> mastermind running through these levels where you just have them down. And throughout even th there's still more to that game to play and there's still more to learn and the fact that such a simple control scheme and a concept like continually like you had to continuously evolve to keep playing the game and i loved it for that hmm. one of my favorite games of the year for sure really um, interesting of course we played nidhog 2 we talked about that a good bit <laughs> i fucking love that game i, I was yeah, very I pleased with it i'm still Sold the Nidhogg two is greater than or equal to Nidhogg one. It's not a fair comparison. Is you it? Know? Is it not a fair comparison? So it's the sequel to the same game. Man. It's like it's, yeah, true. yeah. Well, I'm I mean, saying, it's like the first album versus like, the second album the, of you know your breakout artist. I don't know though because it's a game. Like when it comes to video game, like when it comes to making an album, you can do whatever you want with the next album. 
right? You can do anything that you fucking want. But if Nidhogg came out and it was like an RPG that was, you know, a, a twin stick shooter or something, like you would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you'd be super pissed. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? but what if the Wu-Tang's next album was a fucking country music album? Well, that's true. I guess you'd that be is. pissed too. <laughs> I mean, on this train, I'm going to make an analogy here. Or is it a, yeah, it's an analogy or something. It's some sort of literary thing, <laughs> which is Nidhogg 1 is to Alt-J's An Awesome Wave mm-hmm. as Nidhogg 2 is to Alt-J's This Is For You. Or This Is All For You. I don't get the reference, but. Basically, This Is All For You. I'm pretty sure. Is that, is it, This Is All For You or This Is all, just, This Is For You, Chase? I think it's This Is All For You. I can't remember. <laughs> it's a great second follow-up album. But it's just not as good as the first, in my opinion. So, well, then when you look at Nidhogg, or let's say this album, was there something that you think that could have been done that would beat not only just the sounds and or the experiences of the first album, but the nostalgia that you have for the game? I hate to say it, the discovery. The discovery. discovery. Yeah. So, So they, in my opinion, they expanded their horizons in the best of ways across the game i just didn't like the way it looked as much as the first game like the first game was so simple in the way that it looked and felt i was just like man but i still thought it brought i totally understand that i think i think it's absolutely valid but i still thought the game was fucking hysterical because of the new art It, it is it's funny and it's great i'm just saying like i guess it's I think that was what kept me from being like, this is better than the first game. Because I, I think all of the new aspects are kind of better. I do agree that the new art style is hilarious, but is a cheaper art style than the first one. And the idea to where like, it's hilarious, but I'm not going to laugh at that forever. Yeah. As much as I am going to appreciate yeah. the first game's art style it'll, infinitely. It, yeah, it'll you know never I mean? go like, out. I will always think that it's great. Yeah. So there right. is something to be said about that. But it was well, good. Look, and I'm yeah, still Nidhogg dominant. It's still a great game. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's right. You do have that game. I got to go back and train. I gotta you, hit don't after to, you don't need to trust I gotta me. Run it will never data. happen. <laughs> I got to run some frame data. Nidhogg 2 is great. And it's it's cool that like uh, it still inspires conversation even after we did an entire like episode de- devoted to it. You know, Right. Yeah. True. Um, uh, the next one I want to bring up is Destiny 2. I played Destiny 2 for probably about yeah, like yeah. three or four weeks. Probably put in like 25 to 40 hours into Destiny 2. I'm interested to hear um, what you got to say about Destiny 2. Yeah, man. I mean, Bungie is just the master at creating shooters and it just feels so incredible to shoot a gun in that game like in the feedback of killing enemies in that game is so rewarding in and of itself that playing that game you it was it was great because you had the the loot treadmill so every night that i came on i felt like i had something to work towards and i felt that i accomplished something but while I was doing that, I was just experiencing the gameplay that was Destiny, and it was it was fantastic. Like I, I actually really do like the art style of Destiny Two, um, in, in particular in the campaign. Some of the visual effects that they really blow out in the final levels of the campaign are stunning. Mm. Just some of the best I've seen in years. And I keep saying this in other podcasts, like. It is. It reminds you where the budget goes in these AAA games, right? Yeah. Like you have the best artists in the world creating some of the most cutting-edge set pieces, and when you just <laughs> stare at them, you're like, "This is insane!" Right? <laughs> 
And so uh, Destiny 2 had like fantastic level design. Its soundtrack uh, was like low key, a uh, pretty incredible. Like it was all composed and it's very beautiful and and it, it serves the game very well. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, it just overall that that feeling of I can come home and just unwind by playing Destiny was very. Uh, appreciated by me um, and I don't think I'm gonna really go back to it it's new it, there's a new expansion coming out pretty soon and like once that comes out I'm gonna really be left behind but mm. I gave it a good go man I really I really played a lot of it good nice yeah, I'm glad yeah. to hear what Bungie's the Bungie's still doing well they were the the original the originators with Halo the original shit, you know um just to ask you about like so you don't really play it much now right uh-huh no so do you think that that's just inherent of it being a shooter and inherent of the idea that like you're not looking for something to maintain your interest like consistently as you are just looking for a new game experience a lot like treating it more like a you know like a, you would any like a story driven game you play it for that one time and maybe I mean I honestly wish I was playing it more than I am now I wanted to dedicate myself to it and have it be that game that was always in my back pocket but the people that I sort of plan to play with they already have their sort of clans that they roll around with and so it ended up me more being like really needing to work and put in a lot of effort to get together with people more than I thought it would be but I still yearn for that shooter that that serves that purpose man like I don't know if it'll be the new Call of Duty game I would like to play it but I doubt I'll end up buying it but I just w- I just hope there's something eventually. Like I don't have an Xbox anymore, and I fucking wish I could play Halo. Honestly, like <laughs> I I do I do miss co- miss coming back night after night and playing competitive shooter games. You yeah. know, I really do. I understand that feeling. That I was, was gonna your, ask your like competitive game. Yeah, Bungie or Halo versus um like if you had like a similar graphical fidelity for Sky. What the fuck is this game? I'm Destiny. Sorry. Destiny. <laughs> Destiny 2 It's a really complicated Halo. name. I understand. Do you think that if you were coming into the market as a kid and you had like an equal sort of footing like Halo versus Destiny, you think you'd be more into Halo or more into Destiny? Dude, it's hard to say because my my nephew, quote unquote, um, who's like 15 or 14, he loves the shit out of Destiny. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, I liked Halo. One, I when I was... I wanted Halo just because it was new and I couldn't have it because it was rated M and then I finally got <laughs> access to it. And I don't really know when my first like first person game was. It might have been Halo. I have no idea why I took to it so much, but just playing Halo was so much fun as a kid. And then I look at um like my nephew now and he's He's not. He doesn't play like competitively, but there was. I don't know if there's just a, an itch, like there's a bone in my body that is 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 um, likes competition. But once I once I felt that I was good at Halo and I wanted to be good at Halo, it was all over. And I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know how that plays out. You know, it was all over. Um, we've said quite a bit about Absolver. I'm kind of disappointed that game didn't grab me the way that I thought it would. And I do think there's something there in the way that it's designed that has to do that. That is the reason for that. It's a game that I hope I go back to in like a year, but it's pretty remarkable how crowded the fighting game space is right now. I would have never expected it to be like this even a year ago. And I think that's probably to its detriment, but I think Absolver, I'm happy I gave them my money. I almost knew that maybe I wouldn't play it that much, but I wanted to pay them because I wanted to reward them for what they created. And I think Absolver is an incredible game. Yeah. And I think that just in like putting that money in, in knowing that hopefully like this is something that 
leads to more ideas based around similar concepts that could maybe be more accessible in the future in either the fighting game competitive scene or in just casual scenes. So Yeah. Um, and then there's Cuphead. Uh, hmm. Cuphead came out this year after a very long development. I remember I was very worried about it because once Microsoft backed them, the word on the street was Microsoft wanted them to flesh out more of the platforming levels. And then they got delayed after that. And I was always worried that they were just shoehorning stuff in because Microsoft wanted them to. Hmm. And I've said this also on Twitter and in another podcast or so, but I'm so happy that game ended up being the instant classic we all wanted it to be, man. Yeah. I think Cuphead is fucking amazing. I don't play it that much. <laughs> It's a game that I honestly am savoring because there are only so many levels in it. And I basically sit down, I beat one level, and I turn it off. But that game, much like Next Machina is an arcade experience, this game is also an arcade experience. It's pure reactions. The uh, systems constantly vary its patterns, uh, retry after retry, so you can never fully memorize the stages and you always have something to play. Um and just the whole the whole narrative conceit that you sell your soul to the devil and the whole um, uh, art style and the music, it's just one of the most incredible games ever. And it's a game that I feel like I can show other older generations and be like, look what we've done over here, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. Like something that you could show, like I could show my parents that literally not only know nothing about games, but they have no idea like what games are capable of or why we're into them or anything. And if we could show them Cuphead, which I it's you're saying it's backed by Microsoft. Does that mean it's an exclusive? It yep. is. Well, yeah. it's also on PC, but it's okay. a console. So, I'm, so I, I guess I won't be able to play it, but no. I could at least theoretically show my my uh, my parents this, and they'd be like, "That's fucking cool!" Like, yeah. almost guaranteed. Yeah, just it's from, beautiful. Yeah, from. A viewer or just an aesthetic point of view obviously the game is remarkable in the way that it looks and the idea that I think that they delivered so much on the gameplay aspect of it like you so said it plays they, well they were worried about it being like super platform driven but what I've heard is that it's a lot more about like the bosses and it's a lot it's more all, about that. yeah there's so many bosses and like the platforming stages are fucking difficult too it's not like those are just thrown in there like yeah. they're incredibly well designed they're really fucking hard it's one of the hardest games i've ever played and how i always uh judge difficulty is by how many tries it takes me to beat a boss mm -hmm. and i do that across just games like if it takes me five tries in dark souls versus like 10 tries in neo i just i judge all those and dude these fucking boss fights like i sit down and it takes like an hour of trying sometimes to beat these guys it's <laughs> fucking difficult <laughs> but the fact that it keeps your attention and makes you want to keep playing is the you know, it's a note of like a remarkably challenging game rather than one that's just hard, you know. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. um, and then we'll just we'll touch on these last bit uh, kind of quickly since we're kind of coming to the end of the segment. But I played FIFA 18 and I've never bought a FIFA game. Love it. You know, and I, I love this. I, uh, I got to play them. Oh, yeah. Wow. FIFA came out for Switch and I sort of said to myself, like, I'm going to buy FIFA and it's going to be the thing where it's like, I own FIFA now. Like, I probably won't buy the next one and the next one, but now I own FIFA. You have it's a sort FIFA. of like this, exactly. It's like this timeless game that you can have, uh, that you can always come back to. And when I was talking to a friend on Twitter about whether or not should, I should buy it, the, the proposition I sort of said is, I was like, would you recommend this game to somebody who is interested in, in experiencing this as a play experience first? Not so much that they want to play a soccer game, but they want to see what the play space is like and they would measure playing this game as an opportunity cost against playing other games equally, right. you know? Yeah. And he said, yes. And that's sort of how I went into it. 
And I went into the game and I played all the drills and I tried to learn, I learned all the controls and I looked at it as a video game first. And I just said, how do I play this game? Right. Right. And it was a lot of fun to learn. Hunter and I played it when we were over at my house and it was like, it was so fun to, to play against each other, man. And it's, it's offering me exactly what I wanted from it. Yeah. Yeah. FIFA's got such a weird place to me in like the sports games realm. And the idea that like, even from me as a young age, I, I liked soccer, but I didn't really like soccer. I liked the world cup, you know, I liked, Hmm. you know, I didn't really. So what form of soccer did you like? I liked the idea of pinning countries (laughs) against each other. Oh, uh, you just like, the I didn't like, you know, I wasn't like club soccer interested Global at all competition <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. It's the one sport that everybody pretty much cares you know, about. Treats, tries yeah. To cares do. about. Right. <laughs> um, but when it comes to FIFA, you know, like I found myself at, in later years in high school and stuff playing it and just really enjoying the game more than anything, enjoying the game of FIFA more than I enjoy watching, yeah. playing or experiencing soccer in just about any other facet. Right. Right. Exactly. And like learning things about soccer from the game aspect, like learning who was on what club teams because they were players. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, if this didn't e- exist in reality, then this is just a game. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's a game, yeah. you know, put some fucking armor and swords on these guys, <laughs> light that ball on fire. You got yourself an RPG, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're good, right? So I just think that that's always, it's just funny to note that, I think so. Yeah, FIFA's, FIFA's near and dear for me because like I was telling Chase, it's, it's literally what allowed me to understand uh, the culture around soccer and then you learn about the players too yeah. and you kind of like... You know, you really, I go from somebody who is your typical American who didn't give a shit about soccer to playing this game. And now not only do I give a shit about soccer, but I can speak to it and I can enjoy it on a, in a global way now, which I thought that was incredible. And then two, like whenever I was learning how to play it, it was like game first, doing the drills, getting, you know, your bare, bare understanding, then learning that culture shit and like understanding the players, understanding the teams, all that kind of stuff. And then you go back to the game where you have this meta, it, all, all of the stuff is still there. It's still the same. It didn't change, but you get this meta interaction with each person that you play. Cause you start learning how people play and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just like a simple, simply profound kind of setup, which is yeah. a, a great mark for a game in my opinion. Yeah, true. Totally. Uh, and just to finish up, I played the project Octopath traveler demo on switch which is like it's extremely traditional japanese role-playing game with a very incredible art style and the only thing i really want to note about this one is that one yes the art is incredible and you should check it out just to see it alone but i'm very happy that through playing suikoden and through playing persona that i have an understanding for the japanese role-playing game now and I'm honestly very surprised that now that the demo is over, I can't stop thinking about this game, and it's one of my most anticipated games, and Mm -hmm. I am excited to, I don't care how long it takes me, you know, like, (laughs) I'm just gonna, I can't wait to play through that game, um, and just learning the nuances of different battle systems now and how they are different and how maybe this one's deeper than other ones I've, I've that I've played, and just how much learning goes into playing these games is very compelling to me, and I'm super excited. What is it on? What do you play it on? Switch. Switch? Oh, okay, yep. cool. That's just such a fucking weird game to me as an outsider, <laughs> being somebody who, like, I mean, I, you know, like, I, it sounds awesome when you sell it to me and I know what it is, but just the name alone. <laughs> 
it's makes, so strange. It just makes well, it's just not even like you know. It's it's not that it's like it's so weird. I can't get into it. It's just like I don't think that's the game you're talking about. I'm like, wait, <laughs> you must be mixing that up. It's not a JRPG or whatever. Like you know whatever kind of game it is. I just, when I first heard the name, I just wrote it off as being some sort of like PlayStation side game or like a switch, like indie fun game of some yeah, sort. Fucking pornographic Octopath uh, dating simulator. Yeah. You know, just something weird. And then it ends up <laughs> being this like hella, you know, influential and like stable RPG. That's like, and it comes you know, from a, a, a developer that has made a name for themselves. Yeah. A renowned developer. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. I man. would like to, yeah, I'd like to see how this turns out. Nice. So yeah, I mean that's it. I mean just to wrap up, like I won't go too much longer because we've gone we've gone quite a quite a bit on this one, but right. um, we'll have to talk soon. I'm gonna have a different approach to how I play games in 2018, and I kind of want to talk to you guys about it at some point. But that's what we've been playing, man. I'm sure we'll check in once more yeah. at the end of the year. So, are you gonna try to play uh, Mario Odyssey with them before it's? Up? Oh yes, yes. I've heard nothing, but yeah. It's like, a fucking three D inspiring Mario game, me bro. to fucking go buy a Switch. Like, how <laughs> much is that? Like six hundred bucks altogether? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Sounds like an appropriate value proposition. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk about that. I want you to stream it so I can just watch it vicariously through you. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was, that was fun. Thank you. Let's go ahead and head on over to whose mail corner? Dunter. Are we going to? It's Dunter's, Dunter's mail corner. Nice. Okay, it's Dunter's mail corner. It's it. Back in the old corner. Let's get there. Need to. All right. First question comes from Junie Ray, and it's a two-parter. Okay. First one. Chase and Max. What do you enjoy about the fighting game grind? What is it about the constant learning experience that resonates with you so much that y'all continue to seek it out with multiple fighting games? And then he says, Hunter, since I don't believe you're really dedicated to a lot of fighting games, this next question is for you. Is there any part of a fighting game of the fighting game grind that intimidates you, such as the huge amount of dedication it takes to be decent or anything like that at all? He says, the mock punch mogul Israel. Cool. God, I fucking hate the mock punch. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and uh, I'll let y'all go first while I brew on my my question or answer. Well, I think it's just obvious that like the fighting game grind is synonymous with the anything competitive grind. Like I think you could easily say everything about fighting games that you could about like the individual player in a shooting game. Mm-hmm. Right. I think like Chase could probably say that sort of similar idea. The idea that like I'm not, well, I'm not really following you. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> but just the the idea that. You know, there's no like end to me playing Street Fighter, right? The end is where I, you know, you where draw the I, line, yeah. I draw the line, right? Which means that there's always somewhere to go. There's always room to get better, and there's always room to test in an endless sea of things to test my skill and myself about. Just using this tool against somebody else and seeing if I can beat them in a way that is, you know, you know, showing them my talent over them, mm-hmm. right? That's the grind. Um, obviously, in games like Guilty Gear or like older like ultra street fighter four or other games there's definitely fun playing like playing you know doing combos and like long combos and things like that or like marvel versus capcom it's definitely that's something that i enjoy doing so that's also another part about the grind that i like i mean doing something that's unique to you and you yourself like when you see somebody do a combo for the first time and you're like i didn't even know you could fucking do that <laughs> that's an insane feeling to me so uh-huh. no yeah, I think I think with me it, it's twofold, right? Like, there are 
There is knowledge-based frustration in a video game, which is like, I don't know what to do. And that can be corrected in an instant, like an aha moment. Oh, I know what to do now. Mm -hmm. And then there's skill-based frustration. And the only way to resolve skill-based frustration is to train and is to practice. And much like any other sport, that's exactly what happens here with fighting games. You have to put in the time because you want, because you've decided that this is a valuable way to spend it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mac, to like, to, to your point, how you sort of judge that is when you beat somebody it's and the reason you care is because we both value this thing and I did better. And, and because we both care that I did better, that's why it matters, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and even like on a more basic level, it just feels good to know what to do and to actually execute it. Um, so when you do know when you, when you are practicing a combo and you can't get it, and then you finally, and it finally clicks, and now you can. There's an extreme amount of satisfaction to just doing it as well, to just doing the combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been sort of my, how I view it, I guess. Yeah, that aha moment of like, man, why the fuck wasn't I in this like mind state 30 minutes ago? Like, or something, you know, or an hour ago <laughs> when I was trying to bust this combo out, and then you're like, it seems so simple now <laughs> to wear it. But those know, are the things y'all love about it, right? Yeah, that's definitely so. Yeah, I think for me is like, you know, I'm definitely okay with the concept of the fact that, again, I'm treating it similar to the way Guitar Hero was, right? I'm coming in late, and I know that I'm, y'all aren't going to play me on medium mode. I'm going to have to go straight to expert, <laughs> yeah. right? And I, I actually kind of relish that. Um, the thing that I'm not super excited about is the fact that when I was doing Guitar Hero, we had literally as long as we wanted. We had, what, three, you know, we had 12 hours in a night and we would do that, you know, every weekend or we would go over to each other's house during the week and do that shit. And I want to be competitive, but I'm just like, I'm 26 now. And I didn't, (laughs) I didn't put in any like groundwork foundational shit to be able to rely upon at this point. So now I'm just like, well, I'm either going to have to really like dedicate like almost all of my free time that I would just like relax to doing this to try and stay up to speed with y'all. Or I just have to have like a reasonable expectation and just try and try and keep the goals attainable, you know? True. Yeah. And you should talk to Cole because Cole had never played fighting games really before until early this year he bought a fight stick and he's now almost surpassed where i have earned. he's almost surpassed my highest rank in street fighter hmm. and he is a perfect example of someone who just wanted to get better and has slowly and incrementally done so and i so i de- like there is the groundwork that you're talking about but i know that it's possible to lay it you know yeah awesome yeah i also think it's like much more attainable than you may assume like like we had to spend so much time to get to where we are right now, but sorry, we just yeah. won the World Series. So, oh, did we really? <laughs> We're done, right? We did it. Well, Astros fucking did it, man. Sorry, there guys. You <laughs> if you're listening, but we had to take a brief respite. Yeah, let's just think about this. The fucking Houston Astros never won. We never won the World never Series, won the man. World Series, man. Kick ass. Now, Got like, swept in the only World yeah, Series. Yeah, I was gonna say the only one we were in was fucking 4-0. <laughs> Thank you. Was it White Sox? I think that did White that Sox. Too? Thank you, White Sox. My goodness. Shit. But yeah, that's fucking sick, man. Yeah. I'm excited. In a cool World Series. I think this one went down as like one of the more exciting. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think people 
all across the board have like have noted this is one of the most entertaining World Series they've seen in a while, and the fact that we get to be a part of that history and be the victors in that one is awesome. Yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to coin this, but it's the phrase I've been using. It's the first time. Like one, everybody uses the disclaimer. I don't even like baseball, but right yeah. mm-hmm. to explain this, but. It just shows that this series is like literally transcended sports in a way. Like people that don't like sports, that don't give a shit about baseball, are like, give. It's giving people hope, you know. It's giving people some sense of like something to root for, which is good. And plus, dude, we just had this right after fucking Harvey, which is sick. There we go. There's a camaraderie that needs to be. Yeah, that dude, needs to be we held earned here. it. Absolutely. Sick. Oh Houston man, Houston strong. Houston strong. All right. Thanks, Dooney, thank uh, Dooney. you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Dooney. thank you for the question. Uh, our last question comes from Dunter, who says, "What is the best cheese?" Um, <laughs> Chase, it seems like you would lead off on this. Yeah, one. well, yeah. Chase, I don't what want you guys to. You want to be the anchor? Because I know Chase hates Brie ricotta cheese. Max Brie, right? I love Brie, and then I love me some Gouda. Some smoked Gouda is right at my fucking smoked alley. Smoked Gouda. All right, but Brie cheese, triple cream. Oh God. <laughs> delicious yeah i don't know i'm like i'm in between different things right i feel like it depends on what i'm putting it on like if i have a salad i love blue cheese but i don't really like a lot of other cheeses on my salads if i'm wearing doing a sandwich i like pepper jack if i'm (laughs) doing a pizza you're obviously going mozzarella and parmesan so i think it sounds so funny to me (laughs) gotta get the fucking pepper jack or swiss Swiss. Um, dude swiss is the worst uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not super sophisticated in my consumption of cheese, so I'm just going to say it depends. You have to be to know that Swiss fucking sucks. I'd say of the <laughs> ones that I do consume, I think that, I think blue cheese packs the biggest punch. I like, like blue cheese. I would rather it not have cheese on my <laughs> Do you other. always eat blue cheese as a crumble? <laughs> what other ways are there to eat I blue haven't cheese? had a blue cheese that's not a crumble. Is he, can you All buy right. like sliced flat blue cheese? I don't it's know. It's not f- sliced and flat, but it comes in like a wheel. You can buy like a quarter of a wheel yeah, or something. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm just sense. trying to figure out where y'all are. Let's see what cheese kind of cheese menu you are. So, all right, Chase, bring us out of the suspense. Educate I like us. a lot of cheese, man. I, I fucking love cheese. You're cheese. You like- gotta say mozzarella. What? I would say you're gonna say Fresh mozzarella. Fresh mozzarella is fucking hard to fucking beat. Yeah, mozzarella is great. It's also <laughs> bland on purpose. Yeah. It's usually, uh, you know. Burrata. Have you guys had burrata? What's burrata cheese? Mm-mm. Burrata's like uh, unmatured mozzarella. It's almost like liquidy. It's it's like super creamy. And it's... Like dude, that. you put burrata on pizza, it'll change your life. Oh, damn. That sounds good. Uh, so you like burrata, but you don't like ricotta. Which nope. sounds like they're in the same <laughs> wheelhouse when <laughs> I say them out loud. Oh, the okay. same um, cheese wheelhouse? Yeah. Oh, I, I like... <laughs> I love blue cheese. I love like really just stinky, sour Ew. blue cheese. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when it comes to like creamier cheeses like brie, I'm usually not a big fan. But if, if you do like washed rinds, which like are just usually like saltier and a lot stinkier, a lot like have very odd uh, like musty flavors. I like those. I'm a big fan of Manchego. Manchego's uh, fucking great. Fuck. Um, Anything that's like sheep's milk and aged, it's got like a really awesome nutty flavor to it. I like that shit. Jesus. Man, I could talk about cheese all day, but we'll, we'll save that for the cheese long. cast. Yeah, that exactly. Be the next one. It'll be a fucking awesome podcast. <laughs> we try different cast. cheeses. Chase, we need to talk to you. You don't ever want to be eating to, on a we're, podcast. We're, spin, <laughs> we're, we're spinning our cheese wheels. Gotcha, man. Great question. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dunter. We got another one, or is that it? Are we calling it quits. 
That's it, man. Calling it quits. Good stuff. Let's just call it quits for now. We've run we've run longer than we have been usually, which is which is cool. It's been nice. Hey, to it's our first time back in the saddle. Yeah, we're getting back where into we this. belong. We had a lot of recap, <gasps> and we have fucking the World Series to keep the in World mind. World Series, we're and... keeping an eye on. I can't believe that we fucking won that. Just another note that I think that it was like a very entertaining World Series, but and I'm glad that we won. But this last game, just from the beginning. We just dominated. We fucking dominated. Literally from the first pitch. Which is, I guess, the coolest way to do the World Series. Yeah. Have a fun and entertaining, <laughs> but let them know who won. <laughs> Stick it the in their nose. The fucking World Series, man. Um, but if you want to listen... Well, actually, wait. Any more things that we need to say about the beers that we're drinking so far or the scotches that we're drinking so far? Chase, you got any last notes? Anything last to say about Oban? 14? Extremely complex. I love how... It, it tastes very fall-like, where it's like a, a it's warm cider, and then there's that weird kind of salty brininess. Sometimes it's just inc- like I said, you can you know the flavor notes I mentioned earlier are still there. Anyone who I think is familiar with Scotch will know that Oban's fucking delicious. So I don't think it means much when I say that this is fantastic. Yeah, go but, try Oban if you haven't tried it. As a Scotch yeah, drinker, it's great. Um, um, you know I think the Mexican lager is good. I don't. I'm not going to say it's great. I will say that it, um, I wasn't expecting it to be able to hold its own as it opened up and as it got warm. I think, I think maybe that's one way that I can kind of sift through loggers as far as whether I define it as quality. If it, if it warms up and opens up and I'm still drinking it and still liking it, then it'll probably be more of a quality beer. And it did for the most part, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I think I would still actually probably like it more when it's crisp, but it o- it opened up and it's still good. So, you know, I'm just going to give it just a, a thumbs up. It's not a very emphatic thumbs up. It's like a, yeah, like you're busy, like you're doing something, but you're letting somebody <laughs> know that's okay. Yeah. I, I got to take yeah, this. Yeah. I got to take this, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> did you, we're going to order a pizza. Do you want in on this? Okay. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Okay. Um, so yeah, don't have much more to say. It's quaffable. It's, it's a lager. It's good. It's good. It's quaffable. It's a lager. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, the kangaroo killer. Like I said before, my expectations have been uh, ousted. Uh, it's a good beer. It's nice. delicious. There's a bitterness to it that doesn't fucking make it like, you know, that isn't off-putting in any way. It's It still feels refreshing as I try it. Um, easily the best spooky beer that I had. It wins the spooky award for October 2017. So good for them. Wow. Uh, wow. 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 <laughs> And uh, I mean, there's not much else to <laughs> say on top of that. I got chased. Fuck. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, if you want to follow the the podcast on Twitter, go ahead and do that via at Witty Banter Show. If you want to follow Chase, you can follow him at Bodacious Chase. He's he's up and coming, man. He's he's got a lot of followers now. The 280 is on yeah. the horizon. Yeah, man. And then uh, you can follow me, just a, a lowly boy, at <laughs> Dink in the Stink. No, not yet. <laughs> At uh, fucking probably Max. Or you can just skip all that Twitter bullshit, stay off the grid, go over to, and get back on the grid, and go to www.wittybantershow.com. Um, and if you're a music fan, of course, go check out Hunter's band, Casual Interference, on the SoundCloud. I'm still waiting for you SoundCloud, to drop that. It's on Spotify, too. It's Spotify, too. Oh, that's right, because I, I have all the songs on my on my playlist. Yeah, Spotify go to our too. website, casualinfears.com. Fucking, there you go, it. man. Dude, blow it up, man. We're, we're still waiting for you to drop that second EP. It'll Blow happen. our fucking minds again. It'll happen in like six months. Great. And I can't wait for you to not tell us about it at all and then just <laughs> drop it, and then we're going to be like, whoa, is this another oh, my God? You got to play it casual. 
if and then if you want the interference, interference. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not an artist. <laughs> you uh, are, but it's whatever. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. Let's go ahead and head on out of here, and I will see you next Wednesday. Okay, sounds good. Bit up, 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 bit up,